You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 139. And today we're going to hit part two of From Vision to Action. You know, last week we talked about how most churches and most organizations have plenty of vision, but it's actually translating that vision into action where, where a lot of folks kind of stumble a bit. It's, it's taking that vision, taking those goals, and actually seeing them implemented. That's what, what gets kind of hard. You know, and we, we gave the example of, of the business with a, a vision statement or a mission statement about excellent customer service while offering poor customer service. And you've probably experienced that. I've experienced that. So how do we create a culture that allows us to fulfill the vision that, that we have in our hearts? Because it really all comes down to what kind of culture do we have? Because if we have the right culture in our organization, it's much, much easier to see that vision translated into action. So so how do we do that? How do we create the uh, the right kind of culture? And so I want to, first of all, give you a quote. You've, you've probably heard this before. I've, I've used it before, but it's a, a quote from the uh, the great football coach, college football coach, uh, Lou Holtz. And uh, for, for many years, Lou Holtz was the man. He, he coached the, the Notre Dame uh, University team and was just uh, an, an amazing, he's an icon, an icon in college football. And, and one of the things that he would always tell his new recruits who would show up that first day at Notre Dame, and remember, these were athletes who were the top dogs at their schools, in their high schools. These guys, in some cases, were the, the top high school athletes in their states or in their regions. And, you know, they were, um, you know, the, the big man on the high school campus. But when they showed up at Notre Dame, Lou Holtz would tell them very quickly, you didn't come here so that we could become you. You came here to become us. And what he was doing was, from very early on, he was letting them know that if you're going to su succeed here, you have to adapt to our culture. And, you know, you've probably been in that situation where either in your church or in your business, somebody came in and, you know, all they talk about is the way we did it the other place. You know, oh, at the other place we did it this way, and at the other place we did it that way. And sometimes you just want to say, listen, if it was that great there, why did you leave? But, but in reality, they haven't quite been indoctrinated yet. They haven't been immersed enough in the culture uh, where they're at, in the new culture. So, so how do we do that? How do we create a culture? How do we create a healthy culture that allows our vision to become action? Well, first of all, when we're talking about culture, 
culture comes out of our values. And a really good exercise to do, and you can do this with yourself, you can do it with your uh, team, but this is an excellent exercise to uh, give you an idea of what your culture is. Or, if it's not, what you need to change. And what I always would say do is I'd say, get a piece of paper and write down one word that describes the values of your organization. And you can write down multiple ones. You can write down 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever comes to mind. But one word that describes your business or one word that describes your church. Let me give you a couple of examples. And and, and I've done this, this exercise with executive teams from many different churches. So I've got a list in front of me, and I'm just going to give you some of the things that you might hear thrown out if you're you're talking to a church. You'll hear words like grace, love, discipleship, excellence. That's one you often don't hear associated with a church. Uh, passion, joy, hospitality, empowering, gratitude, holiness, contemporary, liberty, encouraging, creative, supernatural, generous, transforming. And obviously, there's so many things you can list, and and everybody's going to view it a little bit differently in light of their own gifts. If you're doing this for your business, you may be thinking in terms of of cutting edge. You may be thinking in terms of uh, customer service. You may be thinking in terms of profit reliability, consistency, value. So, you know, these are just some, some, some things to throw out. But after you've got the list, after you've got this list, this is what you build your, your culture from. Because when you're looking at a church, you know, some churches, some of these things are going to really overlap. I mean, words like love. Look, if you're in a church that doesn't have love, I'm not even sure you're in a church. So it's not that I discount that one, but that's not really the one I'm looking for because that's kind of a given. But when I see words like excellence, and I see words like passion, and I see words like empowering and contemporary and liberty, when I see words like encouraging and creative, now it's taking me into a deeper level of just saying, uh, love and joy and peace. Now I'm actually getting into what what we see are is is true values. When we talk about a generous culture, you know we often think in terms of money, and and it's true. I mean, you know, it takes money to run a church. It takes money to run a business. But when we talk about having generosity as part of our culture, it's so much bigger than money. Because when we say we have a generous organization, what does that mean? Well, obviously it's going to mean, you know, the people are are generous in their giving if you're talking about a church. But they're also going to be generous in their time. They're going to be generous with their talents. And the generosity is not going to be just inside the doors of the church. It should spill over into the community. So these 
These words, these values, these one word values will guide you in creating the kind of culture that you want. Because culture doesn't just happen. We create the culture and the values that we want in our church. And if you say, well, you know, we don't really have a a contemporary culture in our church, but I think it would be a good value. Well, then that's something that you're going to have to shift. If you, you're looking at your business and you say, you know what, we're really not relevant for the market that we're in. So we can't use the word relevant, but I think we should. Well, that's something that you're going to have to shift if that's what you want in your culture. Now, obviously, in some cases, if we're honest, we might even list some things that are negative. If we're looking at this, you know, this is the the uh, the ideal, the, the things, you know, the words I mentioned. But honestly, you know, there might be some organizations where they would say, uh, use the word negative, draining, uh, not empowering, a dead-end job. You know, if, if people might actually respond that way in some situations. And so those are things we have to be aware of, too, so we can bring a culture shift. Now, here's a couple of questions for you. Talking about culture, talking about taking our vision from from our vision to, to a place of action and creating a culture that allows us to do that. So here's here's a couple of questions. First of all, who is responsible for creating culture in your church, your business, or your organization? Who's responsible? If you said everyone. Ding, 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 you're right. Because it's not just the leaders that create culture. Everyone is responsible. And if you don't believe me, go to your worst performer. And we all have them. That person that's always negative, that person that's always complaining, they are creating culture in your organization. If they carry a spirit of negativity around and they're always complaining or they're gossiping, They are creating a type of culture. It's not healthy, but they're creating it. So everybody is responsible. We want every person to have a sense of ownership. You know, in a church, the pastors can't talk to everybody. When a visitor asks, what kind of church is this? Everyone should have an answer. From the person who's greeting at the door, to the person that's passing the offering buckets, to the person that's maybe cleaning up after the service, to the pastors, to the worship leaders. Everybody should be able to answer the question, what kind of church is this? Or what kind of business is this? And we want to empower our people to be able to answer those questions. Now, we'll be right back, but I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my new fiction series. I'm writing some fiction, something I've never done before. I'm getting incredible reviews on Amazon, but what I've always wanted to do was take my law enforcement experience and kind of translate it into telling stories fictionalize some of the things I've done, some of the things other people have done, 
but I've also taken it a step farther. We're talking about the war on terror, but we're talking about the war on terror taken to another level. The series is called The Zombie War Terror Series. A rogue nation has developed a chemical weapon that's being used on American soil to kill thousands of people and in many cases reanimate them as a flesh-eating zombie. Some people say, Dave, are you crazy? You know, you're a pastor. What are you doing? Look, it's fun. They're fun stories. Like I say, the reviews I'm getting on Amazon are awesome. Uh, One of my favorite ones was from a military guy who said, you got it right. And of course, zombies, you know, how do you get that right? But he was talking about the the, the military and law enforcement tactics and weapons. So listen, if you like The Walking Dead, if you like stuff that'll make you, uh, you know, uh, look under your bed at night before you go to sleep, check out the Zombie War Terror series. Uh, The first two books have been released. I'm going to be writing at least two more. I'm almost done with the third one now. So check it out. There'll be a link in the show notes. And these will make great Christmas presents. Well, all right. We are back. We're talking about culture. We're, we're, We're talking about from vision to action and how do we create culture in our organization and you know we're, we're I'm giving you a few questions. I'm giving you some things to think about. The the first one was who's responsible for creating culture, and we said everybody. Number two, the second question is how do we create culture? It's not enough that we we just kind of look at it on paper. How do we create it? Well, first of all, we talk about it. Um, when you think you've talked about culture enough, you're just getting started. And that's reality. We talk about it. We share what our culture is. We share what our visions are. We share what our goals are for our organization. But we talk about the kind of culture we have in our organization because as we talk about it, it's going to reinforce it in our people. I'll give you an example of, of generosity. You know, we talked about that earlier. Um, generosity should be a part of every. Uh, organization, whether it's a church or a business. If, if you want to be known in your community business leader, you develop a culture of generosity in your business. What are you doing to give back to your employees? And I'm not talking just talking about the paycheck. What are, what are you doing as an organization to give back to your community? There's something powerful when a business is sharing and giving back some of the profits into their community. So we never get tired of talking about what's important. And this is not just in sermons if you're a pastor. It's in our conversations, in our emails, our Facebook posts. Everywhere we talk about our culture. So we talk about it. Number two, we live it. The power of example. The great Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, said, Imitate me as I follow Christ. That's a pretty powerful statement. Imitate me as I follow Christ. You know, it's, it's, it's easy if we say we have a culture in our church of hospitality. Well, that's great, but when you see a new person come in, are you willing to, to, to step away from the conversation that you're having with your friend 
and go meet the new person. Because that's where the rubber meets the road. We can say we believe in hospitality, but when we see a person that we don't know, are we willing to go over and stick out our hand and introduce ourselves? So we talk about it, we live it, and then, number three, we praise others who practice our values. We publicly honor people. This reinforces what we want to see practiced. There's nothing more powerful than when a pastor is, uh, during his sermon or at some other time in the service, he recognizes somebody in the audience who has done something special or he saw them do something special or in some way this person epitomizes the positive culture of that church organization. A boss can do that. A business owner can do that as well. Reinforce what you want to see. When you praise it, when you encourage it, that's what reinforces it. So we praise others who practice our values. So who's responsible for creating our culture? How do we create our culture? And then number three, how do we sustain culture? We repeat steps one and we repeat steps two because it's a never-ending process. That's how we sustain it. And in any new business that new people are constantly coming in, you've always got to reinforce it. In any church or other nonprofit organization, you're always having to reinforce your culture. You always want to cultivate and protect it. And, you know, like we said, some people are going to come in with their own agendas and with their own culture, and they're always going to talk about the way it was before and the way this organization did it. It's, it's okay to remind them, hey, listen, that's not who we are. And, you know, it's not that we don't accept good ideas, but we're, our culture is important, and we want, to, we want to maintain it, and we want to cultivate it. Now, when we can create this healthy culture, that's going to set us up where our vision can become action. It still takes work. It still takes action steps. We still have to set goals. We still have to measure those goals. Very, very important. But the right culture will allow us to take our vision and translate it into action. Well, it's your turn now, and I'd love to hear from you. What are some other ways that we can create and cultivate a healthy culture in our organization? I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a, a comment or a question in the comment section for today's post. And while you're there, while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. It comes out three times a week, including this, this blog post. And uh, subscribers also get my monthly subscribers-only newsletter. So sign up today. I'd love to stay in touch with you. Well, friends, thanks so much for being with me. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.